Welcome back to Starting Five Podcast on SB Nation Greasy Bear Blues. I am the one P Shark. I I am at underscore Scarlet on Twitter as always, but I got my John Morant type confidence with me today. So I hope y'all read. This is your guy Trevor rocking uh not rocking much of anything, <laughs> but report from Dylan Brooks Island rocking my Gucci shades as always. What's good? Yeah, what's good? What's good, man? We're missing two members of the starting five, Tail Shakira out, you know, doing his little DJ and Dewey's. And I got uh it's really shitty, it's out again as well. But as y'all know, we always have reinforcements, replacements, trying to do a little four on four action with my guy, former high school teammate of mine, actually, and my guy Chris Ingram, man. How you doing, man? Man, I'm good, bro. I'm I'm good, man. Big fan of the podcast. I've been listening to y'all for a minute. For a minute so you know it's a pleasure for y'all having me on and then you know also you know being old teammates with you and then being classmates as well with Skylar you know we we know each other a little bit so uh it's just cool getting on here kicking it you know talking about the grizzly so like I said I appreciate y'all having me on all right for sure for sure I always like your text on Twitter and of course like uh you're also a contributor for the Grizzly um at Grizzly so man it's always good man glad to get you on and as we always do with guests we always start off with a couple Questions, Q&A, kind of get a feel for you. So, uh, for first question is, how long have you been a Grizzlies fan? Man, since they got to Memphis. Uh, I remember it was that, that first season, uh, you know, Pac was out his rookie of the year season. We got – I think my dad worked with uh, FedEx at the time, so I think he, they had some kind of thing he won. He got some uh, tickets to sit low. I know they weren't in the form yet, but he got some tickets It's like sit – they was almost like on the court. They wasn't right there at the court, but they was all they was close. And uh, you know, me, I think I was maybe nine at the time, maybe ten, and just seeing them dudes, you know, seven footers running up and down the court. I'm like, bro, this is crazy. I knew what basketball was, but like seeing it up close for the first time was crazy for me. So um I just naturally, you know, just was attracted to them. And um, I ended up watching, you know, they switched it to Bally now, but I was watching Fox Sports out every single night the day was on. And, uh, you know, just I think at the time my favorite player was Mike Miller with during that run. And uh, from there, just kind of transitioned, you know, every step of the way that they've been going, man, just uh, been following nonstop. You know, me and my homeboys, we done had some some serious conversations and arguments about the Grizzlies, you know, back in the green grind days and, um, even after that, you know, going into 2017, 2018, we kind of, you know, was it was off around that time. But I stayed put, bro. Like, I I just, you know, I never gave up on it because it's home team. You know, it's like Tennessee Titan fans. Like, you live with them, you die with them. But at the end of the day, you know, you're never going to give up on them. So, to see where we at now, it's, it feels pretty damn good. I say that for sure. Yeah, for sure. And like you said, I'm a Titans fan. <laughs> Living oh, and yeah. dying with him. uh Simon's Grizz is good to be a Titans fan. Being consistently good. Um, yeah, although yeah. we ain't won a championship, it's uh perfectly fine. You also said Fox Sports South, definitely very missed. Uh <laughs> man, <laughs> that valley app is trash. Boy. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. <laughs> yeah, it, it makes me, oh, oh, I'm not messing God. up no sponsorship dollars for y'all. Oh, you good. No, you good. You good, today. <laughs> it makes me feel great that I don't have to put up with it. Even though I'm like, you know what? I got NBA League pass. I can't watch the Grizzlies. I can find another way. And that way is better than watching on the belly app. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> hey, Chris, I don't know too many things that's, that's more trash than the belly sports app. 
it is, it is, it's boy. <laughs> it don't matter what Wi-Fi you got. It don't matter what device you own. It don't matter what time of the day you watch it. It's trash. Every single time. Every, time. Every single time. It's consistently <laughs> trash. <laughs> oh, man. Terrible, terrible. Well, this question is how and, well, I guess why and how did you get into writing? So, funny story. Um, like, writing been a passion of mine for a long time, right? Um, I went to, in middle school, I went to uh, John P. Freeman. Uh, middle school, it's an optional school out in Whitehaven. And, um, you know, they were advanced with a lot of things. And um, we did a lot of writing um, programs and things like that. And I did really good in them. And, you know, I started, like, branching out into different, like, writing competitions and stuff like that throughout high school. People didn't even know. Like, I was just entering into them. And uh, won first place a lot. And a lot of them, um, I got plaques and stuff that, I, you know, they're sitting in the closet now for it. But, like, just really never knew how to navigate you know into that because obviously like us coming you know we were teammates we played football growing up so um my whole focus at that time was trying to play college football and you know a lot of us was like all right well if i can't you know go to the league maybe i'll stay in some type of sports field or whether it's you know sports medicine or something like that thinking back on it if i can go back i probably would try to just focus in some type of like sports journalism or journalism period um, just because, like, I can write. It's almost therapeutic. You know what I'm saying? I'm not a poet or nothing like that, but just putting, you know, pen to pad, writing about stuff that's been cool for me. So, um, you know, I've been on all type of, like, forums and stuff like that and um, got picked up by the Grizzly. And, um, you know, it was pretty cool for me because I was, like, for me to, you know, put my passion of writing into my passion of the Grizzlies, like, I'm ride or die with them. Like, I may not agree with everything they do, um, and, you know, we may go through some rough times with being able to kind of document my thoughts, my opinions, and how I feel about it. I was like, bro, that's the perfect marriage. So when it, you know, when it was presented to me, I was like, I'm all about it. So um, been doing that for a couple months now, and, you know, I'm just ready to see where it's going to take me. You know, I've been looking at, like I said, watching y'all, listening to y'all for a minute, uh, and just, you know, some of the OGs in Memphis kind of seeing what they do. Shout out to Anthony Sang. Some of them just kind of the head of that. Uh, for us coming behind them, uh, you know, just kind of, you know, excited to see where it's going to take me. So um, I just, you know, preached it for that opportunity. And, you know, shout out to you. You know, I see what you're doing with SBN, you know, with Joe writing. Like, you've been pumping them out, bro. Like, you, I got to get on my grind. For real, for real. You letting them things go. For real. Yeah, gone get on some league action. Gone get the recaps in, man. But yeah. it's been fun. The last game was tough. All them – uh. Break threes, no fault. <laughs> Both teams are combined two for four, three at one point. Like, I'm telling you now, uh, that was tough to watch, man. I swear, Boy, I was like, oof. I'll see her yawn. I'm like, bro, how am I gonna finish this? <laughs> man. man, but uh, next question is, what advice would you give to someone who's aspiring to write, someone who's younger who's coming up and they're looking to become a writer? just practice um you know i got a lot of practice on purpose and on accident um i don't know if i should say this on live but it don't matter um i wrote papers for people for money in college like that's how crazy my writing background is like you know that's it just is what it is you know I, I, i've helped people pass their college courses so uh for anybody like just practice like i got a lot of practice i think i was maybe I don't know, 13, 14 in the Grizzly uh, fan boards, bro. Like, people was thinking I was a grown man arguing with me. It was the funniest thing in the world. And uh, so, like, stuff like that, getting practice. 
uh, put yourself in some type of programs. But, you know, then at the same time, whatever you, you know, passionate about writing about, like, make sure you just, you know, are locked into that. Like, the Grizzlies is easy for me because, like, I don't miss one game. Me and my wife have gotten into arguments because I don't miss a Grizzly game. Like, they come on every single night on the Bally app now. You know, I'm watching it. So um, whatever your passion is, whatever your lane is, like, just make sure that you putting the time in to, to learn about it and um, the thoughts will flow, you know. But, um, yeah, that's that's the advice that I would give them for sure. I need some advice on how you and the wife are able to have those conversations. You get to watch every Grizzlies <laughs> game. Like that's the advice that I need. Because whatever, whatever you're saying to your wife that she's allowing you to watch every Grizzlies game, I need that. Because boy, <laughs> yeah. So maybe yeah. we can talk about that offline. Hey, I, I get jo- join too. the League Pass Club where you can watch it on different uh, avenues. So I got a phone, I got a laptop. So there are different ways. <laughs> if only it was that. If only it was simple. Hey, it was that simple. <laughs> Dama Rain helps. I'll just say that. <laughs> okay, gotcha. I can't wait to talk about that. One. <laughs> hey, I gotta say is I'm blessed because my wife she watches games with me. Uh, <laughs> goes to she wants to go every single any guy I go get tickets to. She like I oh, don't come in. Uh, but even yesterday, Dama Rain made the little statement <laughs> about uh, cooking MJ. She was supposed to be asleep. She was half asleep. Soon as she heard that coming, she woke up like. I know he didn't just say that. I was like, Bro, I thought you were asleep. <laughs> Bro, I'm a true She was like, red flag, red flag. Right. She was like, what? <laughs> but, man, last question. We always ask this is all I guess. If you had to get an all-time grid starting five, who, what would your all-time starting five be? John Morant. Oh, mm-hmm. I, no, I heard y'all clarify this question before, so I ain't going to ask that. Uh, John Morant, OJ Mayo, Rudy Gay, Zach Randolph, and just to be stupid, I'm just gonna say Strohmile Swift. Obviously, I want you know, Mark is all is my favorite. I'm gonna throw Strohmile in there just because, all right? All right, I I, I like that we get some different varieties with these. I I really do. Could you imagine a John Morant to like Strohmile Swift law, man? Because <laughs> Stroma coming from the, from the nosebleeds to go grab that and dunking it with ease. Ease with ease. Right. Oh man. Then it's such a shame, man. OJ Mayo had such a great his first two years was so great. Then after that. I'm like, what happened? What happened? Lionel Howes and Chris Wallace ruined him trying to make him a point guard. That's what happened. Yeah. Yeah, Tony Allen got into and uh, you know, we all know the rest. <laughs> but moving on to some greatest topics. Y'all know free agency. Um, last time we recorded, I think it was right after the draft. So since then, free agency has started. Um, Grizzlies done what they've done the last three years, pretty much just retained their own guys. Uh, they haven't made any trades yet, but they did extend Ja, he got as much deserved extension, uh Ricky Max extension, and he didn't get a player option last year. He got a full five-year max extension, no player option. So, it looks like that's good. We extended Jitty, John Conchar, three years, 19 mil. Uh, you know, I don't think about – I don't know. What, what y'all think about that? I didn't have – I mean, $19 million ain't nothing for three years. I don't know why people had a big deal, but what, what's y'all thoughts on that? That signing in particular, I don't think it's that big of a deal. <laughs> yeah, it's not that big of a deal at all, man. It's like – he got his extension, and now you're looking for him to possibly give you the same production that you got 
or lack thereof in the playoffs from DeAnthony Milton. So, I mean, it is what it is. To give him yeah, that much, it was not that bad. Yeah, I think it's a contract like if you know if he performs well, if he outperforms it, hell, you got him for three years, yeah. $19 million. If he doesn't do well, it's like, okay, cool, that's $16 million. I can write that off somewhere. It, it's not, it's, it's, it's either way you like it's, 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 it's whatever. Yeah, it's very, very low cost, uh, for a solid contributor. Anytime he gets on the court, he's going to do something on the court. So, um, then also we resigned Tyus Jones. So, those are the moves they made so far. Uh, Danny Green was sitting courtside with Jabba Random. Last night, summer league. I don't know what to take of that. He gonna stay on the roster? Is he not? I know he's out for a long time, anyways. But guess, uh, Chris, what are your thoughts about the free agent lack of or lack of free agency moves so far? I mean, I I didn't mind bringing bringing ties back. We had a, a round table before free agency kicked out, and my you know what I wanted to see the Grizzlies do. Um, the holes that I feel like they need to get was some type of combo guard behind y'all. That was a legit one too. Um, Definitely wanted to get some type of like athletic big to rebound uh, coming off the bench or if he was starting caliber and then, you know, shot creation. That was my that was my three that I felt like watching the playoffs the last two years that we needed. And so to kind of see us not really address those uh, in a sense, I was kind of I was kind of iffy. But I will say, like, before free agency started, I was like, if we run it back how it is, I'll be okay. With us sending off, and I may be jumping, you know, ahead, but us sending off and, you know, getting all these rookies, we sent off Melton, we didn't bring back Kyle. I know that was going to happen. The Brighton was on the wall with that. But um, it was some quality pieces that I feel like we could have, like, just marginal pieces added to the team um, to address those needs that we didn't do. And that's kind of the frustrating part for me. So I say kind of, you know, the, the trade stuff for a little later maybe, but or the draft stuff. But, like, just those holes I felt like we could have really filled uh, with other teams getting better or staying the same, getting healthy, that was that was my issue. Yeah, I was so ready for a draft night trade up to get Jaden Duran. <laughs> I was disappointed when it happened, but <laughs> somebody we all were waiting on it. I'm gonna be honest Man. with you. I sure was waiting on that. I was like, Memphis moves up to uh 13 because I, I just knew they was gonna do a deal with Charlotte to move up to take Jalen Duran, but right didn't happen. Uh, Another piece I wanted, uh, I did. Now seeing what Malcolm Brogdon actually got traded for, that's really who I thought was a perfect combo guard um, to come off the bench behind Jock, who could start with him, who could play with him, who could. I honestly did. We didn't sign ties. That, that was my target mm-hmm. in in the market for a backup point guard, at least a combo guard that can play, that can run point, that can also play next to John, play off the ball as well. That was that was my guy. I've been, I've been saying Malcolm Brogdon probably since. During the season, I'm like, if we don't resign Tyus Jones, Malcolm Brogdon needs to be guy needs to be the guy we go after. But you know, I'm gonna tell you who I wanted, and it's not a possibility no more because we got Tyus back. But I really, really, really wanted us to go out there and get Colin Sexton. I really yeah. did. I just feel like that dog next to like him and yeah. jo- oh my god, bro, that's two big boys. It's crazy, but you know, it is what it is. I want to know is the price tag because I. I but, it's a possibility. He doesn't have a market right now. I think they extended the qualifying offer for like some crazy, like maybe nine a year or something like that. We mm. could have easily gave him that 15 to 20, you know, and been no problem. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. He doesn't have a market right now. Um, but anywho. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't know what's the reputation going on around the league around him, but for every reason, like he's gonna be back in Cleveland, while uh what it's looking like, but 
I think as me and Chris, we talked a little bit before the podcast. I think because of the KD's trade, I think everything's kind of on hold right now. Any potential trade moves like OG Ananobi, um, who else we might be looking for? Miles Turner, like those type of players, I think is all on kind of to KD. Miles Turner in. might be on the move though for That's DeAndre Ayton. Yeah, he might be on the move. I thought they too when they uh, and and to be honest, the the reason everything is kind of at a stalemate right now is because the Minnesota Timberwolves. Yeah, trade from Rudy Gobert, giving a four unprotected first for Rudy Gobert. So yeah, that's why everything's at a stalemate. and Earth to get Rudy Gobert. (laughs) Jesus Christ! You know what they had? They had the advantage of us in their first round. They don't know no more. Like Steven Alex Cash should stay on the court now against Rudy Gobert. Like <laughs> that helps us against them. Like, oh man. But uh moving forward, I guess since we didn't have any free agent signings, summer league. We seen the rookies, we seen sophomores, Tremont Waters. Uh, I've been I mean it seemed like every arc out and wrote, he's uh been doing something in these games, kind of killing it. But what are your thoughts? I guess we go in order of the rookies, Jake LaRafia. What's your thoughts? I guess in order, Chris Scala, then uh Trev. What's your thoughts about Jake LaRapio? Uh Jake, I like. Um, I didn't know I was I was iffy about moving up, you know, those three spots in the draft to get them because you know the mocks and stuff like that. But um moving up three spots, that's okay. Like, dude, I think he's got you know a high a high floor. Uh maybe not, you know, all-star player or nothing like that, but um, he gave me Mike Miller vibes a lot, you know, just his attitude, even down to the way that he jogged down the court. Like, it's kind of freaky to watch that. But um, I think, you know, he showed a lot in Utah. Um, not so much. It's been iffy for everybody going to Vegas. I don't know if they turn up every night gambling. I don't know what they're doing. But, um, you know, he showed still those flashes. Um, and that's my early, like, offseason pick to kind of step into that four role while Jaren is out. Um, coming to the year, obviously, you know, barring what happens in um, the rest of the offseason going into training camp, but definitely like what I've seen from him so far. Yes, I'm here. Um, I kind of feel like he's one of those shooters that you know, if he's if it's a wide open three, that's a layup for him. Um, so I, mean, I the Grizzlies uh talked about and Zach Lyman mentioned that you know their focus was to get shooters, and it seemed like they got that in Laravia, it seemed like they got it there with several different players that they drafted again. Um, I'm, not, I'm still not a fan. I mean, I guess I'll come around to it here, here pretty soon, but I just was not a big fan of, you know, drafting that many players. I just kind of felt like, you know, maybe you trade one of those picks to, to go get a, a veteran guy or somebody like that. But, you know, it is what it is. And so, I mean, I honestly, I like what I've seen. I've seen, like, you know, I like the addition of Chandler. We'll, I'm pretty sure we'll talk about him pretty soon. But as far as the Ravia is concerned, he can shoot the ball. And I think, you know, if he continues to get some reps, if he continues to see like real NBA minutes, I think there could be some instances where he may, you know, be on the end of a late game in the fourth quarter right alongside John Desmond. Yeah, LaRavia looks like the type that the Grizzlies are probably going to look to step out on the court really quickly. And with Jaron being out uh, for quite some time, there is an opening at the four spot. Uh, him being out there just automatically gives you some extra space that he's already shown uh, in the, in Salt Lake City and Utah uh, Summer League and a little bit in Vegas. But, of course, what Chris says, well, I don't know what the Grizzlies are doing in Vegas right now. But um, he's showing the capability to knock down a three. But he also has a, another thing about that. He has a decent IQ as well. So he knows exactly what to do. He knows his role. 
he's going to go out there and do it. He's not going to try to play outside of himself. And if he is able to make the rotation, he's going to get a lot of open threes. And him wide open for three is pretty much a layup at this point from based on what we've seen. So I like the pick. Similar to what I said about Zaire, I think he probably could have been available if the Grizzlies would have stayed put instead of going up to get him. But the front office hasn't been wrong yet, so I'm not going to question them just yet. Yep, that's the tough part about the front office. Like you, same thing with Zaire. It's like, man, we could have got him at 17, right? They look at it and say, hey, we want him. We're going to go on here, trade up, and get him. So I can't fault it. If they turn out to be pretty good, like Zaire has, and uh, so far, Jake LaBravia, I'm fine with it. Um, I really do. I like his poise. Even when his shot is off, he does other things and he doesn't force it. Like, I think the other, what the uh, second, like, it's not the second Utah game. He was 0 for 3 from 3. He didn't keep jacking threes. He won Dylan Brooks. He won Dylan Brooks out there. He said, yeah, you know what? I ain't got it. I'm about to play some defense. I'm about to <laughs> get some boards. <laughs> like, I, I really do like appreciate that. He does, like, he's very mature and he doesn't like try and play outside of, uh, outside of his limits and everything. So I, I really do appreciate that. Next player of the first round draft pick, David Roddy. What y'all think about him? Same order. I say I I like Roddy. I'm cool with the pick of Roddy. I hate the Milton trade because they traded to 23 and got Roddy. Like if they would have got him in the second round, I would have been perfectly fine with it. Uh, and it's not even about like his showing at summer league. Like he hasn't really like wowed me yet. Outside of just seeing how physically like just big of a person he is out there on the court. Uh, and you know, summer league is summer league. You know, he'll get in. You know, through training camp and you know, uh, get back to like his production. I would think maybe not as close as he was in college, but just being a lot better of a shooter that we saw. You know, in college, he came. Uh, he can't bust a grape right now in summer league. Like to be to have the shooting percentage that he did, uh, and for the Grizzlies to come out and say like we grabbed these shooters with the you know with these percentages and stuff like that, and that's really all of them. Like the Rabies, the only one that I've seen like I'm like okay, this is shooting form, his mechanics, stuff like that that I'm looking at. That's a shooter. Um, I like Roddy's form, but like I said, it's just he haven't had a, a good shooting performance yet. Uh, maybe you know defensively he'll help us in the playoffs and stuff like that. Um, but that was my biggest thing. I just really didn't like the fact that they traded Milton and that we don't really have a backup to to get Roddy, you know, especially when Bo Champ and Jaden Hardy was just like right there on a the plate to take. But it is what it is. Yeah, um, I honestly don't have a, too much of an opinion on him. Um, I haven't seen anything from him that's uh, to what Chris said, nothing that's wild me, but I also haven't seen anything that's like, uh, I don't know. Uh, I didn't see that, but I mean, at the end of the day, to what Trevor said, and I, you know, I keep saying this, Grizzlies run offers ain't missed on much. <laughs> so, you know, I, I'm kind of in the boat. I'm putting them in the same boat as I do as Penny Hardaway to try to tie in the Tigers and the Grizzlies in the terms of Penny Hardaway, for the most part, has not done much to, you know, he's done a lot in, in order to put a really good roster together. So has the Grizzlies. And so I feel like for the most part, they haven't missed on many of their picks. They haven't missed on too many of the like, what were y'all thinking when y'all did this? And they end up making us look crazy. So um, I hadn't seen too much from him, but at the end of the day, you know, I like his size. I like how physical I think he is and can be. Um, I'm not one of those people that is going to put so much dog into summer league. So he has plenty of time to, you know, to try to work on his game, work on his shot. 
Yeah, I would pretty much echo the same sentiments here. I haven't seen too much from David Roddy um, to really judge him uh, in the in the shape or form as we would probably do the others. Um, but there is something there, obviously, again, because with this front office, they obviously saw something in him, so much so to give up De'Anthony Melton to go after him. Uh, so, again, not going to question the front office here. Um, I do would like to see him, at least for summer league, just see him on the ball just a tad bit more just to see what he can do. I mean, he's 6'5". He's a real stocky dude at 6'5". He played all five positions at Colorado State. So primarily the ball was in his hands in some shape or form or fashion. So uh, for these last couple of uh, games in summer league, just 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 want to see how he is on the ball for a little bit. So that that's my only thing. But – I'm pretty sure he'll get it together at some point. He's going to find his play, his spot in the league. He's going to find a spot potentially in the rotation down the line. So, But, again, not going to question the front office here. Yeah, I think the main thing with Roddy is <clears throat> the times I have seen him on the ball, he has made plays. Like, he he seems like a pretty decent playmaker. Um, I don't, I don't really, his shot has been off. I think everything else he's done just fine. His defense has been pretty decent. Um, that was one of the things we didn't know if he Pretty good. I mean, we didn't know how good he would be on defense. He, him, and uh, especially with him and Tremont, uh, Tremont Waters when they play together, like they always spark some type of run. Uh, he gets out in transition. Uh, he uses his he uses his body when he drives to the lane to shield off defenders to <clears throat> hit the layups and shots. So, I think like Chris said, trading Anthony Milton and getting him that that's the one. It's like uh, although you know how we all feel about Melton in the playoffs, it's still like dang, like that's what we got back for him. But and also I think the position thing. All these players play the same position pretty much. Like Roddy is a three slash four. I'm taking Arabia three slash four. Trent Williams three slash four. Kenny Lofton three slash four. It's like five. It's at some point you need a guard. <laughs> we Toronto Raptors around this thing. Right. Right. <laughs> <Man, what? laughs> Literally. <laughs> You need wings for days, man. But and well, another thing I thought about with that thing is since Dylan Brooks is still on the roster, technically Dylan Brooks can be a shooting guard, so you can revert him to shooting guard in different spots, and you take Bain out and bring in Zaire. So it's it's different things I think that they probably plan to do until they actually decide to trade Dylan uh, if he gets traded. So at this point, but <laughs> moving forward to the next draft pick, Kennedy Chandler. Uh, I guess we'll go. I right, we actually go reverse order to start with me. Uh, Kennedy's defense, man, that and you know, me and Trevor are UT fans, and I knew how good he was in college, but like, godly, his defense is just on locks. Like, same thing, he hasn't really shot well. He's had times where he's had inconsistent inconsistency on offense with turnovers and stuff, but you know, I tell you, on defense, he he got clamps, he got blocks. I mean, and when you look at his stat sheet, he has something, it's like eight, four, three. Four and three is like it's something. His stat sheets always like scream out like he's doing something on the court, even if his shot is off, even if his offensive game isn't going. So I think we all love the pick, especially we got him in the steal. He, I mean, he was supposed to be a first round draft pick, and we got him in the second. So uh, loving the Kennedy Chandler pick, loving they brought Tyus back because I don't think Kennedy is ready to be a backup point guard yet, just yet. But he's definitely on his way. Yeah, Kenny definitely has that dog in him, as Sharky and I, you know, definitely seen from his uh, one season at UT. Um, but I, I've noticed from the time that I watch him, he's still got some time, still got some developing to do. Uh, looks like he needs to adjust a little bit to the speed of the NBA, which is why he looks a little bit out of control at times on the offensive side of the ball. 
Um, that's going to come when he uh, spends his time in South Haven and eventually um, develops and possibly into the uh, backup point guard for the Grizzlies. But, again, it was a steal for us to get him in the second round uh, with a trade with San Antonio. Um, I'm excited to see him uh, play for the hustle or if by a uh, good chance if he develops well, he may even uh, suit up for the Grizzlies sometime this upcoming season. So um, it's there. He, he, he's got a dog in him. He's I, He has a place in the league. It's just going to take some time. Yeah, again, same with Roddy. Not same. Same with Roddy in terms of he, he, he he's going to get better. I just think that he's going to get better because, one, you look at, you know, how close he and Jai is. Um, I think Jai will be able to teach him, mentor him, you know, let him, you know, figure out, you know, his way around how to run point guard, you know, how to pick your spots and things like that. So um, I'm not worried about him right now on the offensive end. Granted, he's not been that great, but – It'll, it'll come to him, uh, but defensively to what you said, Sharky, already, the man got clamps. And for, for that part, I think that's what's going to allow him to get in the league and stay in the league because if nothing else, there's a, a lot of these teams have really, really good point guards. And sometimes you need somebody to, you know, you need to throw, be able to throw a point guard out there to be able to guard the, the opposing team's point guard. So um, he has defense for days. I'm not worried about that. Uh, I'm excited that the Grizzlies got him. Uh, we'll see exactly you know where he is in the next two to three years, but I'm excited for him. Yeah, I'm with y'all um, 100%. You know, it's at 38, you get a, per, a player that was – I mean, I think when the season really uh, – the tournament first ended, I think a lot of mock drafts had to do going like 17, 18, 19. So, to get him 20 – you know, spots later, like y'all said, was crazy. Um, and him being at home in Memphis with his family, where he's from, the job relationship – all that stuff, I think, is going to combine it, like, just make him work harder. He ain't going to have a lot of distractions because he got – I mean, he home. You know what I'm saying? It's where he from. Uh, and then having, you know, a top five point guard right there, like, learn from. I know I'm repeating a lot what y'all said, but, like, that's, you know, two or three years down the line. I don't know if I see him, you know, as, like, a, a starting point guard in the league later on, but it's the perfect situation for him to sit behind job. You know, even if he made a 10, 11, 12-year career, I mean, it's perfect for him. So – like y'all said, full quarter, it seemed like a game breaker go off in his head and he on clamps, he running. And I'm really surprised at his athleticism. I'm not going to lie. Like, he looks physically a lot smaller than everybody on that court. Like, he don't even look like he's an NBA player when you – it's like size-wise. But that still, he got the uh, – I think it was last night. And then he took off almost like right after the free throw line. And like It's like somebody like threw him up in the air to dunk. I'm like, bro, where is coming from? So, like, that's really exciting to see. And – um. You know, I'm rooting for anybody from Memphis. So, yeah, definitely glad to see him here and um, excited to see, you know, what comes with his career. Yeah, it's a shame, man, because if Kennedy Chandler was like 6'4", six, 6'5", six, bro's in the lottery. Like, he slipped in the draft just for the simple fact that he's maybe six feet. That's that, And that's just sad. But That's being nice. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, I'm being nice by saying maybe six feet. So, <laughs> it is what it is. But, again, I'm excited to see him, man. I can't wait. Yeah, for sure. He reminds me of a shorter, which is crazy because he's short too. He Eric Bledsoe is kind of like who you remind me of, kind of like how Eric Bledsoe was when he first came in the league. Uh, smaller because you no know, Eric Bledsoe always just had their body, but same thing. Athleticism, got the quickness, get to the rim, defense. Like Eric Bledsoe really used to do, kind of like all the same things. But 
Last pick, Trent Williams. We really I, after the first game. I don't know. I, I really ain't seen much of him. Which I have <laughs> y'all seen much? I'll be honest with you. Vince Williams hasn't made a jumper since yeah, Williams, the first right. game. Since the first game against in the Utah Summer League. I'm just gonna be honest with you. Um, I mean, he has a good feel for the game. Um, he doesn't look lost out there. I can definitely say that much about him. Um. I don't see him on the rotation anytime soon. I definitely will be seeing him in South Haven in some form or fashion. But, again, the Grizzlies see something in him. I mean, he can shoot. Uh, he shot the ball pretty well at VCU. So, it remains to be seen. I, I really don't have much to say on Vince Williams right now. Um, he hasn't really wowed me as much as I thought he would have. But, again, that remains to be seen. Yeah, poor Vince Williams had made a shot since about what a week ago. <laughs> but again, I'm just again, it's summer league, it's early. Uh I I think he'll be able to shoot the ball. He looked it looked well when he was making it, and it still looks well now, even as he's missing the shot. So I mean, we'll see. I was just thinking about it to what you said, Sharky. You know, they have all these like six, 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 seven, six, eight guards or, or wings. They gonna hit on somebody, damn it! <laughs> out of all these, out of right. all these wings and four, damn it, they gonna hit on somebody. So as long as they, as long as it's on their roster and they hit while they're on the Christmas roster, I'm okay with. I don't care who it is. Yeah, I, I was sitting there laughing when, when he was talking because I, I like really honed in to what your name just said. Uh, yeah, I, I, I much rather uh, give those minutes to Vince than the guy that uh, shall not be said, but your name says. So uh, we're going to talk about him. Yeah. Well, yeah. We're going to get to him in a sec. <laughs> That's all I got. Ah, uh, man. But before we get to the sophomores, the undrafted rookie, Kenneth Lofton Jr. What are y'all thoughts about that man right there? Arguably the start of some of the league so far. What, what are y'all thoughts about him? We can start with Chris, Scott, or Trevor. Um, I'm going to get me a, a, a Kenneth Lofton jersey. I'll just say that. I tweeted last night, that is officially my second favorite player on this team <laughs> as a whole. And uh, I'm rooting for dude. Like, talent-wise, again, I'm not trying to I'm, – I'm, I'm not going to get ahead of myself and compare him to the guy. But, you know, it's just things you can see. Like, the dude has skill. Like, he's a skilled basketball player, and that's all that matters to me. Like, he can go to any – just like Ja. Like, you can pick up a ball and go to any court – and that dude going to hoop. And that's what I like watching, you know, Kenneth Lofton. Like, he just – he got it. And he's a methodical. He's a smart player. He's a thinker when he's out there on the court. He's not just out there just doing crazy stuff. So, uh, for us to have, you know, I, I don't like to throw that title on him just because I want him to grow into his own self. But to literally have Zebo 2.0 possibly undrafted, uh, dude get in some better shape than what he already is now because, I mean, he didn't lost a lot of weight already. But – he gonna be a problem. I ain't never seen a big dude move that fast. I have not. So I'm happy for that pickup. And they need to go ahead and convert that two way right now, for sure. <laughs> Sorry, I'm gonna bring up a, a term that that you'll laugh at, and I'm pretty sure another listener when he hears it, he'll he'll start to laugh. But block work to mind. And God, Kenneth Lawson Jr. He has some block work. I love no. I love me a big man that that knows what to do when he's in the post. That you know that takes his time. That know you know that let everybody clear out. Let me do me. This is my type of show. Type big man. I'm cool with that. That's what Kenny Lofton is. Um, you know, amazing story. Um, again, one of those guys that you know if you're in the gym and it's thirty guys in there, you probably don't pick him to be a hundred with you based off his size. But damn it, if you pick him up and you give him the ball, 
he can ball. And so I'm excited for him. It's a great story. Uh, to what you already said, Chris, like that two-way don't even need to be a two-way no more. Like go ahead and give a man what he needs so that way, you know, he can feel more comfortable with himself. Grizzlies team, work with him, uh, get him in some shape. But I think he can he can, he can can get some buckets, and I'm excited to see him. Hey, that block where is a lost art in the NBA, man. I, 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 I sure do miss it, man. But you guys hit the nail on the head. There's really nothing much else to say about uh, Kenneth Lawson Jr., man. That, the guy is a bucket, plain and simple. Now, I had the opportunity to watch him a little bit um, at Louisiana Tech during the NIT when Memphis was making their run at, uh, at the NIT because Louisiana Tech was in the NIT as well. So I kind of got an idea, but was not expecting it to translate uh, to the NBA like it has at this level. And, again, that two-way needs to be a full contract. He needs to be on – if you just got to park him on the end of the bench, it is what it is. How he came out against Oklahoma City and went at Chet Holmgren was enough for me. Bro, went at him four straight possessions and scored four straight times like it was no problem. <laughs> oh, no, he put Chet Holmgren underneath the basket every time. Every time. <laughs> I thought it was funny, honestly. Same here. <laughs> hey, all I got to say is all Zach Climbing need to do is when they all get back to Memphis, just roll the ball out in the gym and line up Tilly, Tillman, Aldama, and everybody else that want it and let him give them their work. And if he do, which I know he will, <laughs> hey, man. Yeah, that's exactly all the, all the players you'll name. That's exactly all the spots he's taking because, uh, man, like, Man, he get the ball. He he know he know what he's doing with it. It's just like my dribble, spin, go, like step back three. Like it's, it's like, bro. I'm like, man, this this is wild. <laughs> and it's not even just that he has the blog work. Like he can actually put the ball on the floor, like facing up, yep. dribbling from the perimeter. That's another thing that uh, people don't rave about. And he's a pretty decent three point shooter as well. So it's yep. crazy. Just- just need to get in shape to be able to play defense in the, on the NBA level because once you actually get to the actual NBA, um, I think that's where teams probably gonna try to expose him on defense. But hey, his offense is that is to me is well worth it to development. He's only 19. Uh yeah, he, he's definitely worth it. <laughs> I'm glad that was a great signing. Uh Zach Cliven, man, I don't know where you'd be finding these folks, but he did it. Um, so let's move to the the sophomores that are kind of disappointing. Let's go ahead and start with uh Trevor's name, Santi Al brother. This guy stinks. Uh, <laughs> that's what his name is. Saying. I'm not gonna even try to play this SpongeBob <laughs> clip with where I got this uh <laughs> this name from, so I'm just gonna leave it at that. But I don't know, man. It Santi Aldama just isn't it for me, man. It's I literally watched and I believe I'm not sure if it was the Minnesota game or the Clippers game when they got to Vegas. I literally watched him turn the ball over four possessions in a row. Clippers. And two of the possessions, he's trying to make some crazy skip pass that had no business being passed, and he's throwing it from one side of the wing, and he's throwing it all the way nearly out the door. Um, Granted, he played better last night. I mean, he had 22 points, eight rebounds in, in the oh, Grizzlies win. Oh, but oh, the Dylan Brooks shot attempts, 22 attempts. Hey, <laughs> the Dylan Brooks special <laughs> apparently, but hey, he shot fifty percent though. He doesn't get the. Yeah, I mean, it, it is what it is, but <laughs> I just I don't know, man. It's I just don't see it with him. Like I, maybe he's living off the hype of that one play he had during the season when he actually got some time for the Grizzlies, but it's nothing. It's I'm not impressed at all, man. So I wouldn't be surprised if down the line he's he's moved on somewhere else, man. I'm just gonna be honest with you. All right, Trevor, you was too nice. <laughs> no, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let you, no no I'm I'm letting y'all 
unleash on him. I, that's about the best as I can do. So especially for his name, since he the one actually has the name. <laughs> um, I'm just gonna say I'm gonna just keep it short. I don't think he has it. Just keep it a buck. I don't think he has it. And honestly, I'm one of those people that, you know, I'll give somebody a year. I'll give somebody maybe two years, two and a half. But then at that point, I know if you got it, if you don't got it. And I don't think he has it. But So what I'm I'm hoping that the Grizzlies front office say, it's okay if we miss a pick. It's okay to say that we're wrong. And I think they need to do that in this case. Like, hey, he can't play. We got another four or five people that's the same size as him that can do the exact same thing. Let's see what they, let's see what they can do. It's time to move on, my brother. A hundred percent. It's time to move. I mean, you bring it, like you said, you bring it in lofting that easily can work probably at least 10 through 15 on our roster right now. You know, it's time to move on. Like the dude, I'm, I, he tripped me out because like, you know, Grizz Twitter, I had to get off Grizz Facebook. I, I, that's terrible over there. But Grizz Twitter kind of getting to that point now to where like, you know, everybody is overreacting. And then he had that one good game. And no, no, no. Let me take that back. People were saying it's summer league, so they like cool out. It's okay, something he still got time to develop when he's playing bad. While other people like myself, probably Skyler, like y'all as well, like, no, nah, that ain't it. Then he has that 22 point game last night, and now they saying, I told you so. If you watch the game, a lot of those were literally just very easy handoffs. Like, the dude don't have a bag at all, his bag is turned inside out, and he looks so lost on the court. Like, he looked like the deer in headlights, and he looked like that last year. Like, my thing with Zaire, he looks nervous, but he knows what he's doing. Santi just don't know what he's doing out there. And it's terrible when you look at his college highlights. Like, I know he was in a, you know, a, I guess a watered-down league or whatever, but, like, he looked like he was a, a a competent basketball player. He don't look like that in the NBA. So, you know, him and uh, what was the dude we had, Josh Ricky year, Goodrich, they, they, bro, they, yeah, we yeah. get front office. That's yeah. another good rich movie, bro. Like, <laughs> that's a name. That is a name. No, <laughs> just talking about him, I it just made me think of he caught a pass on the break and tried to do a 360 lay right yesterday. <laughs> and Josh Mine, I just sent that journey to the fifth row. I'm like, bro, what is you doing? <laughs> oh, that was hilarious, man. <laughs> I was I was just glad he finally had a good he had a decent game. Um even on because his defense, I mean, we didn't speak nothing about how bad his defense is. It might defense. Uh last night he finally did a little something on defense, but man, the folks got him in pick and roll. It was uh night night. <laughs> Them first uh, couple games. It was just <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah, Santi. Um might be a time. Yeah, Zach Climbing, man. You ain't gonna hit on everybody. You probably missed this one. And that's Dang. okay. It's okay. Okay. Follow what uh, follow what John Robinson GM from the Titans do. He when he when he misses he couldn't. <laughs> Trust me. Hey, God cut bait. But give the last two players sophomores Xavier Tillman. What y'all feel about Xavier Tillman? Start with Chris again. Reverse order with Chris Skyler and Trevor. I mean, you know, technically he's not a sophomore. He's, he's that's right. Yeah, it's third year. He's he's a junior. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he close to graduating. So, uh, I mean, Tillman just in a bad spot, man. He on a team that's got a lot of talent. Uh, and, I, you know, I, I appreciate his just will to want to go out there and work on, you know, stuff. Like, you can always respect a guy like that. And um, 
at the end of the day, like if he is comfortable being here, being a end of the bench rotational play uh player, you know, due to injury and stuff like that, I'm cool with keeping him. I mean, he I trust him when he's on the floor. He he knows his role. He don't try to play outside his role. And uh, you know, him having his best friend here or his best man here, um, you know, I'm cool with having him on the team. Now, if it's you know, if he's needed to get a better player. Uh, back in a trade or something like that. I'm not gonna be sad if they off, you know, um, if they off him. But you know, it's okay. I mean, he, he's had a great um, summer league, and if they decide to sit him down for the rest of the summer league, that's fine. Get those minutes to Lofton. Get those minutes, I guess, to Santi. If you just want to figure out what you got for the rest of the summer league, uh, because whenever the deadline is to cut him for the regular season, just let him go. So there y'all go. <laughs> I want to see a Loft and Roddy front court. Just go on here, go with it. I want to see. Yeah. That. <laughs> oh, on Tillman, um, I think I've seen enough of Tillman as well. Let's just keep giving Kenny Loft those minutes, and I'm cool yep. with it. I keep it, I keep it simple and short like that. I, Tillman is just like, eh, I, I don't know what to think of him. I mean, it's like there's some games I'm like, okay, cool, like that's the Tillman I'm looking for, and then it's games where I'm like, damn, is he? I see he's on the floor, but is he on the floor type thing? So, um, I mean, I guess, I mean, to what Chris said, I mean, if he's like a piece that's like, if you're making a trade and Xavier Tim is part of him, like, all right, cool, I'm fine with that. Um, but I don't think, like, he he has to, like, necessarily keep a roster spot as long as Kenneth Lawton keeps the ball like the way he is. That's true. I, I'll I'll be the optimistic one here, but I, I think Xavier Tillman does have some kind of value here with the Grizzlies. I mean, he has shown some bright sides during the season and even in summer league. Uh, so it's just a matter of who's going to be on the court with him. And I think he kind of got the short end of the stick last season because he wasn't getting a lot of one. He wasn't getting a lot of minutes due to the injuries and things of that nature. And two. In the playoffs, he became virtually unplayable, which also hurt his stock too. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Grizzlies decide to move on from him. Um, probably could use him as a trade piece to probably try to upgrade at that spot and go more in the direction of Kenny Lofton. But um, I think it's some value there. I think he has a spot in the rotation. It's just, to Skylar's point, when he's on the floor, I need to know that you're on the floor. Like You need to do something to let me know that you're on the floor. And that's that's the deal. That's the uh, tough uh, thing with Tillman right now. So, hey, yeah, he hasn't dominated like you expect a third year player to do. Um, I just hope, I just think, like, kind of like Chris said, he's kind of like that player who, how he was this season, like, some players go down, he can come in. Steve Allen's unplayable in the series, he can come in, right? He's that, he's like that type of utility piece. Um, kind of hoping he don't end up like, uh, we saw old former Grizzly Bruno Cabocolo in the summer league, ninth year. You know, he was two years away from me, two years away. Then now, nine years later, he's still in the summer league. You know, <laughs> I hope you you know, down that road. But you know, ah oh, man, that's tough, man. I mean, I saw that might come out in the game. At, at this point, you just gotta go. You just gotta go overseas or something. I mean, not sheesh. But this Anywho. is this is my question about Bruno, though. We all Grizzly fans, so we watch. You know, we watch a lot of Grizzly basketball. That year that he came in before Ja was here, like the end of the season, I think he got those when all the players was down and we brought him in. Like, dude was to me, he was pretty good. He was nice, yeah. He was nice when he was here. Yeah, he was. Right. I agree. They was playing him as a wing. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what happened over the summer, and and Jenkins ended up putting him as a center. Like, 
I feel like that killed his confidence and killed the little, you know, steamroll that he had going. Because after that, we ain't heard nothing about him. But dude was a good player for that little two, three months that we had him. Yeah. Yep. Well, you remember, Marshawn Brooks was good those little two, three months too. So <laughs> we had a couple players like that. <laughs> But yeah, man, we'll play move on to the last. The player that we all was waiting to see in summer league, Zaire Williams. How have y'all felt with him and his role that they've put him in on the ball? Um I see what they were doing. Uh I get what they were trying to do. And it's okay to say, you know, we want him to follow the same path as Desmond Bain did in terms of, so as you said, Sharky, putting him more on the ball, getting him comfortable with that because, you know, they may want him to make, you know, to set other players up. That's cool. But enough is enough. Uh, to me personally, that's not what I want to see from Zyra Williams. I want to see him take, make open shots. I want to see him defend. That's really all I need him to do. And rebound and do, do the small things that I know he can do. That's all I need him to do. I, 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 won't, I don't foresee at any point Zara Williams running offensive sets with John Morant potentially being able to do that, Tyus Jones being able to do that, Desmond Bain being able to do that. Between those three, Zara Williams don't need to be point or setting up players that often, in my opinion, personally. Get him off the ball. Let's allow other people to play, to play point guard. Let, uh, let's allow a lot of people to set him up. I want to see him, you know, I've seen him make some threes. I've, I've seen that. Um, he, I still, he's not as big as I probably thought he will be, which means he's probably going to naturally always be that size. So um, hopefully he can continue to get stronger in, in, that, in that aspect. But um, outside of him setting players up and running offense, I like what I've seen from Zyra Williams. Yeah, it's not really much to say about Zaire at this point. I, I'm going to chalk this up to the coaching staff and just wanting to see what he can do with the ball in his hands as far as initiating the offense. And it had got to a point where it's been like cringe just to watch. Like it's every time you look up, Zaire is either fumbling the ball or he's turning over or he's falling or something of that nature. I mean, I'm okay if you're going to put the ball in his hands, but put him in position to where if the ball's going to be in his hands, he can actually make a move. Like, if he's going to have the ball in his hands, he needs to be doing something with it. Either he's take a couple dribbles. If he has the lane, he's going to drive to the lane. He's going to shoot a mid-range. If he doesn't have it, pass to keep the offense moving. We know he can catch it. We know he's decent in, in catching the shoot. We know he's decent in the open floor. And we know he's a pretty decent defender. So, uh, as far as evolving his game – just put him in positions where he can actually make moves. Like, don't just put the ball in his hands and say, here, run the offense. And you've seen time and time again that that's just not the case. Uh, but aside from that, everything looks good. Everything he seems to be on schedule. But, again, he's not going to have the ball in his hands a lot. We just need you to knock down the open shot, score on the fast break in the open floor, and then just play defense. That's really all we're going to be asking from Zaire. Yeah, you know, it's one of them things, like you said, um, the experiment should be over. I mean, if they want to ride it out, however many games we got left, cool. But um, I think the best case scenario for him is for the rest of the offseason, just work on, catch the ball, maybe four to five dribbles out of a pick and roll or some type of set and get ready for your shot. Whether it be a mid-range, whether it be to go attack the rim 
or like y'all said, you know, getting open for three and playing defense. And that's okay. Like if you want to, it looks like it's a confidence thing for me. Like, cause it's, it's just, the dribble just kind of broke all the time. It's never tight. And, uh, you know, I know it's, it's not fair to compare like his, that step that Bain took to him because Bain played with the ball a lot in college. He's a four, he was a four year player, right? Like, it's just not really fair to compare that, you know, if we're being fair. But at the same time, like, you would love to see him add that to his game. Uh, but going back to what Skyler said, it's really not needed if you already got a jaw ties in a bang. So just do what you're good at, bro. Bring that to the table, and I'll be okay. It's funny because he had the ball a lot in his hands at Stanford, but even then, what's already working for you, man, you only need to fix it. Like, Right. He's good as a catch and shoot guy. He's good as a, as a defensive player, and again, he can score on the open floor. You don't, you don't need to try to make him this shot creating a genius. So exactly, you got plenty of them. You still got, like I said, we still even got Dylan Brooks on the roster. So until Dylan Brooks off the roster, yeah, <laughs> what is how you got the ball in here? His hands for you got Dylan Brooks, you got job, you got bang, you got tight. It's like, <laughs> um. I think people and I had to like, you know, I made sure not to compare him to Bane. And I think a lot of people had in mind, I remember when they put Bane in point guard last year. Hey, it's going to do the same thing. Like, no, they're, they're two different players. They're not the same. Don't compare. Zaire is his own guy. He's going to have his own trajectory. So thinking of it from that lens, to me, outside of him playmaking, kind of like what Trevor said, he's looked really good. I mean, like in uh, other spots, catch and shoot. Uh, even like the once uh one dribble pull up like he's he's shown some like flashes on some things that i think he needed to work on mid-range game and i think he's gotten better getting to, getting to the free throw line like even just little things like that he's done better so um help him focus on that i understand some league is the thing to try these things out so i have no problem with them experimenting with him on the ball because you know some league he, winning some league championships don't get hey, that, that don't matter although it was fun to win the championship uh with Brandon Clark rookie year, uh, and Josh rookie year, but he didn't play. So, man, that's the time for it. Uh, one last question to end off the show. Opening Jaron Jackson is out four to six months. That means more than likely, opening night, he's out. Who's the starting power forward? If the, if the, if the roster remains the same, but no trades happening, they run with they who they got. Who's the starting power forward opening night? Uh, put Brandon Clark in that time for me. It should be Jalen Ravier, but it'll be Brandon Clark. I'm gonna say just to be devil's advocate, I would love to see Kendall Lofton start. <laughs> I would love to see it. Hey, that would be amazing. Chris said, "Get my man minutes yesterday." <laughs> <laughs> minutes. Look at him. Let's go. I said, "Get my man minutes yesterday." Right. He'll be in shape. He'll be ready to go. 36, 38 minutes. Chris said, "Give him to him now." Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. You know what? It'd probably be Brandon Clark, but that lineup with him and Steve Adams on the court together has been terrible. That's why I say it, it should be Jake Laravia, but it's right. going to be Brandon Clark. And you know, Jacob Rayford is a rookie, so I can see them not wanting to do that. I'm gonna go with random, very random, somewhat Zaire Williams, but Dylan Brooks would be like the four, and Zaire would be the three, pretty much. They're gonna just plug Zaire, Dylan, bang. They kind of piece your bitch on the wing now, so I mean, I can see it, but I got a question for y'all. 
this is my conspiracy theory. I want to get y'all thoughts on this before we get out of here, right? All right. So I feel like at the end of the season, that whole I've been saying this since it happened. Now I've seen somebody else talk about it. Uh matter of fact, I think Chris Vernon talked about it last week. But I said this as soon as it happened. I feel like at the end of the season, they told Dylan something in those exit interviews or those exit meetings that he did not like, that he wasn't too keen to. And I personally feel like it was, hey, bro, for us to be competitive, for us to actually go win a championship, you're going to have to be the sixth man. What's mm. y'all thoughts on that? I know we've always probably – the whole Grizz Nation has always said he's that's his best role for us. Yeah. But what would what would you know, you know, what's the what's y'all thoughts on that? I think if Jaron Jaron Jackson being out hurts it, but that's exactly what we all wanted since the bubble. Like that's what we all said during the bubble. It was like six man going forward, perfect role for him. He can jack up the men's shots he wants to off the bench and he can get buckets at time. And that'd be perfect for him. I don't know how likely it would be to start the season with Jaron being out though. Not sure if they had that particular conversation with him, but I will say they probably said something to that liking in terms of maybe you need to cut back on your shot selection or your shot attempts. Um, But I did think that they said something to him that he probably did not like, which is why it seemed a little off with him between him and Ja, but between him and other players on the team over the past few weeks, a few months. Now he has shown up in some league. He has, for the most part, you know, interacted with everybody. But Chris, I think you're, I think you're onto something in terms of they had a conversation with him. I'm not sure what the conversation was like, what was talked about, but they probably said something to him that he probably did not like or did not want to hear. And maybe being the sixth man is that thing, and he may not want to do it. But dang it, <laughs> figure it out because what he did in the playoffs still haunts me to this day. So I don't know. Uh, before Trevor go as the resident Dylan Brooks Allen fan over here, <laughs> why it take them three years to say something? That's my thing. Because I've been doing this since uh, – I mean, I went to the open night game, Josh Ricky against Chicago, and he blew that game pretty much. Dylan pretty much blew that game. And I was, like, frustrated. And for three years, he told me it took him three years to finally say something to him. I mean, I, I'm with you, Chris, on, on this whole thing with, with this conversation they had with Dylan because I, I, I was one of the guys that even advocated for it in the bowl, and I did a complete 180 because he actually had a better season the following year. Um, But I do think for, for the Grizzlies moving forward, he's going to have to cut back on his uh shot selection. I, I really do believe that. Um, And I think there's more so along the lines where – he needs to start acting like a vet for the most part because, believe it or not, he, he's going into year six. He's the longest senior Grizzly here. So he went through the tail end of the grid and grind era and then the start of this era. And when this era started, he was in his third or fourth season. So he still was not trying to make an excuse for him, but he still was just trying to kind of find his way in his uh, new regime with Taylor Jenkins and Zach Kleiman. So I think going forward, he's going to have to buy in into a little lesser role because I always say catch and shoot dealing is the best dealing when he's playing within the floor of the offense. Like he, he can be effective, but when he's out there trying to play like he's back in Oregon, that's a whole different story. Um, So the six man thing, I would not be surprised if that was what, what he got hit with. Uh, I will be open to it, to be honest with you, if that helps for the betterment of the Grizzlies. But with Jaron being out right now, he's definitely going to be in the starting lineup. 
But I, I do think going forward, he's going to actually buy into his role. Like, bro, you don't need to do so much for the team. We just need you to defend, make your open shots, and keep things moving. Like, we need you to be a veteran, basically, at this point. I think that's what that conversation that they had. Agree. And I'm hoping in a perfect world, like, he performs to the level of, like, he tells the – like, he makes the Grizzlies run off and say, like, trade me like i hope he gets it like i hope he's playing really really well like no y'all don't need to trade me like actually you need to extend me type thing sorry for, for miss eva but i'm hoping that's what happens i'm hoping he just like he could he balls out to what trevor just said like he becomes a vet that they're looking for and he just gets to a point where like he's he's actually like he's balling out we may even have to forget like jaron jackson jr is out and then when he gets back in he continues to thrive within the offense um and then everybody does well in their role Yep, for sure. I, I could definitely see a scenario where Dylan still remains on his on his roster if he can buy into if they finally told him, like Chris said, that he needed to play a different type of role and he has to pass into it. And it could all work out as long as the price is right, of course. Um now that price can get a little Yeah, cheap. I I think a deal is gonna be made though. I, I think Dylan is probably gonna be out of here at, at some point because you don't sign all the you don't pretty much sign all the rookies you sign to the deals that you sign them and not expect the move to be done in some shape or form or fashion and i think with dylan brooks's deal expiring at the end of this upcoming season don't be surprised if dylan has moved out of here either before the start of the season or at the trading deadline just being just to keep it above and potentially brandon clark who didn't get who they didn't sign to a rookie who they didn't sign to an extension yep that's true and that's what they're waiting they might be waiting on the deal potentially so we'll see but man, it does it for the show. Chris, appreciate you coming on. Been a long time. Hey, tell the people where they can follow you at. Man, it was a pleasure, bro. Uh, y'all can find me on Twitter at Critman. That that was a, a nickname given to me at Wooddale when I left Southwind from my guys here. Uh, but uh, you C H R I M A N underscore on Twitter. Um, like I said, I'm a contributor at the Grizzly, and uh, we got a lot of stuff coming out this summer uh in regards to pieces and podcast stuff like that over there uh so yeah tap in with me but like i said i've been a fan of y'all i I, I tap in every single week uh for what y'all doing proud of what y'all doing congratulations i know it's been over a year uh y'all being uh with gbb but you know congratulations on that and uh just ready to see you know what's next for y'all for real yeah real real man thank you for uh, like i said thank you for everything thank you for coming on as y'all, as y'all heard, man, he's a good follow. Please uh, follow him. Follow everything they got going on. Grizz lead. Heard him on podcasts as well. Y'all have done really good work over there as well. But y'all already know, y'all can follow us on Twitter at the starting five, number five, M-E-M. Follow the Grizzly Bear Blues at SBN Grizzlies. And check out the articles at grizzlybearblues.com. Y'all also listen to other podcasts on the network, the GBB Live podcast. And to next time, uh, as long as I hope Scout still has his hip has headphones at this point, but <laughs> y'all can follow me at the one underscore P Shark. I'm at underscore Scott Lee on Twitter. Okay. I'm at the Auto Trevor. If I'm not at Dillard Brooks Island, you can catch me sitting next to T Morant. Hey, that's a sight. I wish I wish I could see. I mean, I can I can pay some money and just sit sit to him, sit My next eye, to him. I swear. <laughs> I swear. But y'all know y'all can follow the other two members at Tail Shakira, and it's really shady. And to next time, y'all, go Grizz. Go Grizz.
Hotel.